0: This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media. Pain and faith are not always related. No matter how much faith you have in God, you're not going to be spared from pain. Sometimes God allows us to experience pain to wake us up to who we've become. We've strayed so far away from His ideal and His abundant life principles, we got to get back to the center if we ever hope to gain any kind of peace and abundant living. Today, 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 with Jeff Fines, pastor, apologist, and Bible teacher. You're listening to Today with Jeff Fines. My name's Aaron, and this week we start a new series called Help. Today's message encourages us to just keep moving when obstacles in your life seem insurmountable. Pastor Jeff is preaching from Job, chapter 38, so let's keep things moving on and get straight into the message. Here's Pastor Jeff. Hey, turn in your Bibles over to Job, chapter 38, Job 38, I got to tell you, I never ever thought I'd use the Beatles as a spiritual example, but I, I want you to listen to these words now. Profound song, when I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way, but now these days are gone, I'm not so self-assured. Now I've, I find I've changed my mind and opened up the doors, help me if you can, I'm feeling down. Now they're only stating what the rest of us already know, that when you're young, Life is difficult, but not that difficult compared to with what's coming. And the older you get, the more intense the pain comes, the frustration, the disappointments, right? Now you tell me that you, at some point in your life, have not wanted to gain an audience with God, and just give him a piece of your mind. Come on now, it's not sacrilege. C.S. Lewis said, we ought to bring before God what is in us, not what ought to be in us. So in reality, there have been times I've wanted to take God behind the woodshed. That's right, Your're pastor. I'll say, hey, let me ask you a few things. This is your world. This is the best you can do. All this disappointment, frustration, and pain. And I'll tell you, if you're honest with yourself, if you're going to be honest about your faith, you've got to admit that there are times you want to do that. I love the line in Patch Adams, one of my favorite movies where Patch goes out to the cliff. He's thinking about jumping off. Because, you know, in his mind, he's lost everything he cares about. He's tried to do the good thing. And every time he tries to do the good, he's just met with evil. And finally, he looks in that powerful line. He says this to God. He says, God, you created the world in six days, and on the seventh day, you rested. Maybe you should have spent that day on compassion. Now, when I first heard that, I thought, that's sacrilege. You know, but a part of me thought, man, that's how I feel sometimes. That's how we all feel. Now, here's the beauty of it. If you did get that audience with God to be able to speak your mind, you have any idea what he would say in return? You no longer have to wonder because there's a man by the name of Job who had an audience with God for 37 chapters. He said everything that you're going to say. Why is the world so tough? You're a good, perfect, and loving God. Why so much pain? Why so much evil? So there's no question or no Come, you're going to be able to make the God that hasn't been made to him before. And the beauty of that is, now we can know what God would say, because you're going to find it in Job chapter 38, verse 2 through 3. Here's how God would respond to you when you say, God, why can't you do a better job in the world than this? I'm feeling pain for my children, for my wife, for my husband, for the loss of my job. Whatever it is, here's how God would respond. After you've spoken for 38 chapters now, here's what God would say. Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Now it's on the screen because I'm going to go through here hurriedly. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? What is the way to the abode of light? And where does darkness reside? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons? Who endowed the heart with wisdom or gave understanding to the mind? Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn? Now, I want you to look up. Last night I came out on this stage and I preached a message. And about a third of the way through it, I don't know if it was me talking to myself or God. Sometimes it's hard to distinguish, isn't it? And I felt someone or something saying to me, what in heaven's name are you doing? Because every time I approach this issue of pain and frustration, disappointment, I go back and settle into the part which I'm most comfortable, the apologist. After living 10 years in New Zealand, I always approach the issue of pain from a philosophical point of view. But the problem is many of you are here because you believe in God. You're not questioning the existence of God. You're wanting to know why on earth he works the way he does. You know, it's one thing to talk about pain and suffering in theory. And I came and I, last night and I got out here and I thought, okay, let me take you through this. I came out and I, I, I wanted to, to comfort, but then I started thinking about last Tuesday when we're in a meeting and there's a, a father who was playing with his daughter on his shoulders and she, she fell. She hit her head on the ground first. So now they're at the emergency room. They're wondering if their daughter's going to survive. Then there's bleeding on the brain. They're doing all kinds of x-rays. And in the context of that, my whole sermon, I just want to throw it in the trash can because it's one thing to talk about pain in theory. It's another thing to talk about it when you're right smack dab in the middle of it. And I came out and I wanted to encourage, so I started out by saying, you know, pain and faith are not always related. No matter how much faith you have in God, no matter how much you love him and trust you have in his goodness, you're not going to be spared from pain. You're not going to be spared from frustration and disappointment. It's ludicrous to think, and a lot of us believe it because we've been watching too many preachers on TV. You think that if you have enough faith and you say the right words, that you'll be spared from anything that's going to be painful. I promise you, there's nothing in scripture that even suggests that. As a matter of fact, the first verse in this book of Job says this, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. And yet he suffered the most other than Jesus. Evil and pain appear in places it shouldn't be. Good people experience it. So I thought that would encourage them, but nobody seemed to smile. And then I went to the next thing. Pain's not always bad. And I got really philosophical. I thought, you know, pain sometimes can be good. Oh, that's gonna help. And I used the example of this past week, my wife asked me if I wanted to go to a vegetarian restaurant. Of course, my response was the same as always. I'd rather have a root canal. And it's true. But then I got all philosophizing and I talked about how a root canal is really good though because it spares greater infection and pain. Oh, so that's going to help you if you're right in the middle of something harsh, isn't it? Well, this could be good for me. Sounds good in theory, not very good when you're right in the middle of it. Oh, and then I really got into the apologetics thing. I said, you know, pain really proves the existence of God. Yeah, and everybody just kind of looked up, what? And that's when I started thinking, what on earth are you doing? Now, I had a good point to make. After all... We categorize pain as evil. C.S. Lewis said, we do not merely posit the reality of pain. We position the question in a decidedly moral category. He's saying that we assume that pain is evil, but wait a minute. If we're all here by accident, then pain is a good thing. How? Because it's Darwinism 101, survival of the fittest. You're not fit, so you don't survive. If you experience pain and you die, it's the progression of the human race. It's good when you die out because you're weak and you're holding the rest of us back. So it's a good point to make, but it really doesn't help you when you're in the middle of pain. I moved on to the fourth aspect. Pain is often the result of our own doing. Oh, that's really going to help you, right? I'm in this position because I've been a bad boy or girl. Now, there is some truth to this again. I embezzle at work. I lose my job. I can't get another job. And we say, God, how could you do this to me? I cheat on my wife, she won't forgive me in return. God, how could you do this to my marriage? We ignore our children. They get older, they ignore us. God, how could you? There is a sense in which we gain a sense of entitlement. We go out and pursue the things of the world. We get so far in debt because we think we got to live above our means. We find ourselves in financial disarray. And next thing you know, we're throwing our hands in frustration to God and saying, how could you put us in this situation? And God said, I said, tear up the credit cards a long time ago. Why is the state of California in the position it's in? Uh, can you say mismanagement and overspending and greed? You know, there's an old Texas saying, it says, if one person calls you a horse's rear, ignore them. If two people call you a horse's rear, look in the mirror. If three people call you a horse's rear, buy a saddle. What's the point? point is this. Sometimes God allows us to experience pain to wake us up to who we've become. We've strayed so far away from his ideal and his abundant life principles that we got to get back to the center if we ever hope to gain any kind of peace and abundant living. But again, that really didn't make anybody feel that good when you're in the middle of pain to think, well, maybe I put myself here. And then I mentioned the fifth thing. Pain is often the result of somebody else's doing. I think of the children who are abused sexually, physically, mentally. What chance do they have in a difficult, harsh world? Sometimes people do things to us that just just shade the way we look at life. Everything becomes cloudy and hazy and we can't see the real part of reality, what God wants us to see in the world. We, We start off such behind the eight ball that we'll never be able to see the light of day. Is that our fault though? Somebody did it to us? And so I get through this whole journey and everybody just kind of looking at me. So I go home last night and I think, what is wrong here? Because right now, people are hurting. They're hurting so, so seriously. It's not time for philosophy. It's not time for apologetics. It's time for help. And when I read the story of Job again, it dawned on me. The beauty of it is God does not care why are you got in this situation. He he's not concerned with you did this to yourself. That God is not like us. When you come to him, he doesn't spend an hour giving you a speech about, well this happened because you did this and you should have done that. You got yourself into this mess, you get yourself out. That's not the God of the Bible. That's the way we treat each other. But you know what God does? God says if you run to me in the midst of whatever it is you're facing, some beautiful things are going to happen. Here's where the journey starts. I want you to notice again how God responds to Job's questions. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? What is the way to the abode of light? And where does darkness reside? Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn? Now focus just right here the first response God gives to Job, again, is not a speech about, well, you shouldn't have done that or you wouldn't be in this position. God is not like that. Instead, he says this to Job. Job, here's your assumption. Your assumption is that if you could have a complete and exhaustive understanding of your pain, if you could somehow get a revelation from God and know exactly why you're having to go through this, how long it's gonna last and when it will be over, and what God hopes to accomplish in it, if you were to have a, here's your assumption, Job, a complete and exhaustive understanding of every aspect of your pain, then you'd be able to embrace it and accept it. Am I hearing you right, Job? To which 37 chapters would say, Yes, God, you're hearing me right. To which God says this, Really? Job, there are a thousand things that you readily accept every day of your life that you don't have a complete and exhaustive and understanding about. Do you know how the sun got in the sky? Oh, let me hear you. Do you know the foundations of the earth? Let me hear you explain it. Oh, you know it's there. Do you know the depths of the sea? You ever been down there? Do you know how deep it goes? I mean, Journey to the Center of the Earth, that's just a movie. I've been there. Have you? Do you understand how a doe gives birth to the fawn in the wilderness? You don't even understand that. You know a baby comes out, but you don't know how... It happens, you don't know the intricate details and yet you just readily accept it every day that you'll wake up, the sun will be there, the moon will come out, the stars will shine but you don't have an exhaustive understanding, Job and you accept it every day of your life. Job, your pain is no different. There's a point at which you've got to understand something, Job. You want the truth, you can't handle the truth. It'd take me too long to explain every intricate detail of your pain there's a point at which you've got to understand, I am God, let me be God. Now, if he stopped there, it still wouldn't be very encouraging, but he goes to the next level. Because as he builds his way through this text of the beauty and the wonder of the universe and creation and design, here's the second thing he's saying. Job, you'll never be able to understand the intricate details, everything that surrounds it, but I am God, let me be God. But here's what I'll promise you. In the same way that I was able to take the chaos in the early stages of the creation of this universe and bring beauty, pattern, and design into it. I am the God who will bring beauty, pattern, and design into the chaos and the brokenness of your life. Isn't that what happened to Job? Isn't that what happened to Joseph? Remember Joseph, great story. If you're a skeptic here this morning, go back and read Genesis. You'll encounter a man by the name of Joseph who continued to do the right thing. And every time he did the right thing, he was punished for it. He ends up in prison. He's falsely accused. And he's just trying to honor God. And it's not till years and years later that God ends up using him because of the position he is now in to save the nation of Israel from genocide, from extermination. And God says, You know what? What men meant for evil, I worked and bought beauty and design and used it for good. I walked out here last night and there was a lady uh, with her husband seated about four rows back here. And I thought, you know, I've been so busy. I need to get back in touch with people. And I walked out and just struck up a conversation. The first thing I asked her was, how's "How's life going? (laughs) She couldn't even answer me. She just immediately started to cry, which is what a lot of you would do if I asked you that. And she told me how she had just lost her baby girl to college. She just took her baby girl to Texas and came back. And man, when she started telling me, I almost started crying because I remember when I loaded up my car and my mom's, and we said goodbye, and I was just going two hours away, and she was a wreck, and I was a wreck. Why are you crying, mom? It's not you. Know. But that's real to her. That's real to her, isn't it? And I reminded her of how God can bring. Beauty and design out of that chaos because her young daughter's going to go and she's going to do it. She's going to gain a new revelation of God. You know that's what happens when your students go away because you're not around all the time anymore. They've got to go to the one who is omnipresent. They will be forced to make a decision whether they're going to live with God or apart from him right then and there. That's what college does. Mom and dad's not looking around anymore. Is there a God who's watching how I behave? Is he with me on these tests and midterm exams? Is he real? You lost your job? Let me tell you why. I have no idea. I don't know. Pain is intricate, it's difficult, it's complex. But what I do say, is that if you will run to God, God promises that he will bring beauty and design out of the chaos in your life. It might mean to give you a better job. It might mean to put you in a position that you should have been in a long time ago, or it might be to get your attention that you're pursuing temporal things, and it's gonna lead, lead to a sense of emptiness. I don't know what it is. You've lost your house. I don't know why. I don't know, but I know that God is with you, that he will bring beauty, And design and pattern out of the chaos of your life. Now, listen, it gets gets more intense. Look at what happens in Job 42 after Job has had his encounter with God. He says this in verse 5. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Look at that again. I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Why? Now, have you ever been to a party or been in a meeting that you said something you wish you had not said? As soon as you said it, you wish you could just roll it back in. That's what Job is saying. I can't believe I said all these things to God for 37 chapters. Now his eyes are wide open. And you know what he's recognizing? Something that's going to be hard for us to handle now. I promise you that God is the creator and designer of all things. And that he owes us nothing. You've been watching too much television. You think that God owes you a good and easy life. It dawns on Job that the very breath you breathe is a gift from God. That life is a gift from God. You didn't do something great in eternity past for God to say, you know, you've been really good up here. I'm going to give you a good life. He gave it as a gift. And if you experience good in this world, that's just icing on the cake. I can tell by looking at you right now. This sense of entitlement in America has just, it's destroying the depth of our faith, who we really are. This world is theocentric. It's about God. It's not about you or me. And God has the divine right to mold and shape and bring pattern and beauty and design out of the chaos he allows in your life for his purposes. Job, all of a sudden, starts to get that. And then in the end, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end, he will stand upon the earth. Why does he say that? Because the best news came last. Whatever God calls you to endure, listen now. Whatever God calls you to endure... He not only promises to bring beauty and design out of that chaos, he promises that he's going to be with you and upon you every step of the way. But it's better than that now. Don't, don't shut me out. You're going to get a God revelation. You're going to see God. The more intense your pain, the bigger the revelation God gives. Your eyes are going to be opened in a way that no one who's, ever, or who's never walked your path will ever see. I go back to my friend in Bulawayo in Zimbabwe. Her name was Gloria. You know, a great skeptic, sharp mind. And I share my faith with her week after week. Finally, she becomes a Christian. Within weeks of her becoming a Christ follower, she's told she has cancer and about six months to live. Now, in the beginning, she said, Jeff, I know God's going to heal me. He is the God who is able, and he is able, and he has healed. She said, God's going to heal me. She continued to get more and more sick. By about the fifth month, the family called me from Bulawayo and said, Jeff, I think we're near the end. Would you please come down and be with Gloria? Would you just come down? None of her family, none of them were Christians, but they wanted somebody to come and be with her and then to do the funeral when she died. I got on a plane went down there and I sat by her bedside. It is, it is the most powerful experience of my life because she moved in that last month from God is gonna heal me to this, Stop praying that God heal me. I want to go to heaven. What? And she kept saying, Jeff, you'll never understand because you've not walked this path. God is revealing things to me that I would have never seen, that I'm seeing right now. And I'm telling you, rejoice, be happy. I'm going to meet God. And I, as a 23 year old, I said, I don't want to travel that road. I don't want to go that road. And she goes, and she told me, it's okay. Remember, I'm the pastor here. It's okay that you don't. But I'm telling you, I'm seeing things I've never seen before. And that's what I've learned as I sat by hospital beds of AIDS patients who were dying, that God, when you're a believer and you've crossed over, seems to give you a revelation of himself as you get closer and closer to the end so that he can walk you across to where ultimately down deep inside you really want to go. But that's true of no matter what it is. Some of you, you won't die, but in the midst of your job, in the midst of your loss of a relationship, God gives a revelation of himself. I saw this when my own mother died. You say, I wonder if there's ever a time Pastor Jeff's going to stop talking about his mommy. The answer to that is no. I miss her. I, I love my mom. Getting to talk about her to you is a healing thing for me. So will you continue to let me just throw it in from time to time? I remember having my struggle with God. Remember what I said with C.S. Lewis? He said, you ought to bring to God what is in you, not what ought to be in you. Let me tell you, that week when my mom was dying, I brought to God what was in me. God, what are you doing, man? This is a good woman here. Why don't you go over and kill Mugabe over in Zimbabwe? He's an evil dictator. If you have to have a life, take his. My mom's a good woman. She's got a lot of work to do here, and she was. And then it was amazing how many times through that week God continued to bring my attention back to a conversation I had with my mom in the backyard when we were playing baseball. I don't know, I was about 22, 23 somewhere, and my mom said, I'm worried about you. Oh, what are you worried about me, mom? She goes, I'm worried about you because you don't love people. What do you mean? You don't love them enough. All you want to do is get sermons, but you don't love people. Until you learn to love people and love them deeply, you'll never speak anything into their lives. You know what I realized? When my mom died, I never thought it was possible to hurt that much and still be alive. I, I changed. I realized that in every seat right now, there's pain. And I, I do love you. I wish I could be involved in every single one of your lives. That's why we have multiple pastors here. But I wanna tell you, God kept showing me out of this chaos that you don't understand, I am bringing beauty and design and Jeff, I'm bringing it into your life. That God always comes near. You've been listening to Today with Jeff Fiennes. Thanks for joining us. Next time, we'll bring you the rest of this message from Pastor Jeff. Moses, him to move on. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Mountain on the left, mountain on the right, Pharaoh's army in in the back and Red Sea, big body of water, huge right in front of us. And God says, move on, move on. And only as they began to move, did God open up the sea. You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Fines, wherever you listen to podcasts.